Yes, hello, Tommy Gentleman here. Welcome along to episode 134 of Tommy G Talks. So are you addicted to your phone? Because I think I am. And the reason I know that is because last night I had my phone taken away from me for six hours and locked in a little bag that I could not open. And in this episode, I'm going to explain why. And I'm also going to explain what I learned from having no phone, not being able to touch it, not being able to use it, not being able to caress it for six hours and what that did. So if you are someone that does use your phone a fair bit, um, then this one's for you. If you are someone who does not use your phone a fair bit, then this one's for you too, because you're probably in denial, because everybody uses their phones, right? Come on. But I think you're going to enjoy this one. Yeah, I really enjoyed making it, but do you know what I'd really enjoy even more is if afterwards you reach out, let me know what you thought about it on social media, at Tommy Gentleman on Twitter or Instagram, because I think this one's open for everybody to have an opinion on. So without further ado, let's dive into this one together. What if I said to you that you weren't allowed to use your phone or even look at it for six hours? Six hours without knowing what's happening, without knowing if anything important or urgent has happened, without knowing anything about work, emails, without knowing what's going on in the WhatsApp groups, without knowing about any of your social media activity, and without being able to take any photos or videos. All of that taken away from you for six hours. The reason I ask is because Last night, I went to a secret cinema event. And secret cinema, if you don't know what it is, is pretty much just that. It's secret, and it's around a cinematic experience, but it's an immersive one. You're given a meeting place. You are to go to that meeting place and then follow the instructions from there. Now, this time round, uh, it was Dirty Dancing. I went along with my wife. She absolutely loves that film. And to be fair, a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine as well. And we went along uh, to this event and it was incredible. But one of the things that happens is you have to hand your phone over. It gets put into a little bag that gets sealed up in a similar way to like a security tag when you go and buy clothing from a, from a shop. It can only be taken off by that magnetic little thing that goes on the counter there to open these bags back up again. So uh, we knew about this because a friend of ours had already been and, and told us that you get your phone taken away, plus they tell you in the emails. But some people behind us, in front of us in the queue did not know this. And it was very interesting to listen to people's reactions when they were asked to hand their phones in or when they heard from a friend that, hey, look, they're going to take your phone away from you. You're not going to be able to use it. Now, it's almost this panic, this anxiety of like, what? They're going to take my phone away. And I think our brains kind of go to one of two places straight away. They either go to like, what if somebody needs me in an emergency? Or they go to, how am I going to take photos and videos of this event? Because I want to be able to capture it. Now, I really respect and admire the way that Secret Cinema have really lent into this. And you know, everybody hands their phones in. It's not a compromise. You know, It's just the way it goes. You get given it in the pouch. You put the pouch in your bag or in your pocket. And that is it. Uh, and I really admire that because... I think it makes it very special. And in this video, I'm going to share with you five things that I learned and that I felt uh, having been in that fully immersive experience without my phone for around about six hours. So point number one is that it was crazy how many times I went to reach for my phone. Like we are so ingrained. There are so many things that trigger that behavior for us. Whether it's we think something, we see something, we say something, we hear something. 
or even a pause or a break in a conversation or even going to the toilet, sometimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll go reach for our phone. Maybe even when we're ordering something at the bar, we're waiting to be served, we, we reach for our phone because the phone is a filler in so many these little moments. And our brains, if you think about our brains, we have lots of neuro pathways, which are almost like, imagine a big field full of tall grass. You walk through it once, there's not much of a footprint. If you walk through it again and again, the same exact track, eventually there will be a path and it'll be very obvious and it'll be very easy to find that path because it's been walked down so many times, the grass has been trampled down, eventually no grass grows there. And that's what's happening in this field of our minds is we're creating these pathways. And there are so many pathways that lead to reach for phone that it's just a, such an ingrained behavior. And especially for the first like hour and a half, I found myself sort of reaching, you know, like, like I'm in the wild, wild west, you know, going for my hip so many times. But eventually that started to, started to stop and slow down the more consciously aware I became and the more uh, it became the norm not to do that. But I challenge you, and I'm certainly going to think of it myself, as to how many times you actually reach for our phone without consciously thinking, hey, I better grab my phone. Just a con an, an unconscious reaction, a filling of time, a diffusion of attention because you feel uncomfortable or you want to fill that mind space with doing something. And that's often what we use that phone for. It's like a, a crutch or a, a safety, a, a comfort thing. So that was really interesting to see that. And I did see other people, you know, commenting and, and oh, I went to use my phone, but I can't, you know, that kind of like thing, you know, a bit of a joke. Um, so it was not just me that was feeling that way. Point number two is eventually you give in to the fact that you cannot take photos or videos. Now, of course, being at an event these days, you see so many cameras, so many camera phones up taking photos, videos, because... I think ultimately we want to either do two things. We either want to, you know, really, if we get truthful about it, we either want to capture that moment so that we can relive it and that we can enjoy it again in the future, that we can uh, have it to ourselves. Or number two is that we want other people to see it. Now, if you want other people to see it, it might be because we want to share that with them. We want to say, look what I did and I think you'll like this too. Here you go. Here's what it looks like. Or sometimes it can be a bit of a flex, you know? We want to say, hey, look what I'm doing, you know? I'm, I'm an interesting person, I like going to these events. Uh, this is something that I do, you know, as a, as a person, this is one thing that I choose to do with my time. And this is a great opportunity to get some photos and get some videos. And you know, we, we do think like that when we make content. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't put it so high up on our agenda of priorities. You know, we, we document our lives and we share them with people on our social media. And so, not being able to do that, at first I had moments where I was thinking, I'll get my phone, this would be a great photo. Or, you know, my wife uh, was, was in the sack race and she was, you know, jumping ahead of everybody else. She was, she was winning the sack race. Great opportunity to take a video because it's an interesting moment. It's a funny moment. Something that she can't see that I want her to see. If I film it, she'll be able to see it later on. But couldn't do it. And it plays on your mind. You're like, oh, that's such a shame. Like, that's the first thing you, you think is, that's such a shame. I wish I could take a video. But you know, sometimes I think we forget the, the phones are great supercomputers, but you know what the biggest and best supercomputer in the world really is? It's our minds. And I think phones have endangered our memory. They've endangered the process of being able to remember or for memory to be important. And if that happens, I think it damages our relationship with the present moment sometimes too. Because we can think to ourselves, well, it's okay because I've got a video, I've got a photo. And yes, that can be a useful tool to remember, but it's perhaps making our mind power 
a little bit redundant when it comes to being able to remember or at least putting importance on the need to capture a moment through your own eyes and to print that into your mind. But eventually that did let go and I did sort of give in to the fact that that couldn't happen and I started to really, you know, make sure that I was, you know, really, I don't know why I'm like blinking like that because I'm taking photos with my eyes, but I tried to really make sure that I was taking the moment in. And I did that with one particular moment, which I'm going to share with you later on in a further point. Point number three, amazing that we were having uh, purely organic conversations. Um, And when I say organic conversation, what I mean is we were only talking about things that we saw, things that we heard, or things that we were thinking of. Nothing that we were talking about or nothing that we were even thinking about was a result of an outside interference. You know, a signal coming from someone else who was not in this immersive experience via a phone line or an internet link into the palms of our hands and then into our brains. There were no distractions through email. There was no, oh, look at this email I've just got or I'm a bit worried about this thing that I've just seen here. You know, that's going to be important for me to do tomorrow. And it was a Thursday night, so it's a school night. It's very uh, possible that for both of us, we could have a message come through that makes us think, oh, that's going to affect things tomorrow. At no point were we even affected by anyone else's lives. It was just our own lives and what we were doing there and then in the moment, you know, in this amazing, wonderful, colourful, vibrant, energetic event that we were at. And I think we go to events a lot, you know, people go see bands, they go to theme parks and like how much of that event is being dulled down or how much of that experience are we losing as a percentage by putting extra focus on our phones? Now we can tell ourselves that we're doing it because we want to remember later, because we want to capture the moment, etc. But if we get distracted at any point whilst our phone's in our hand and we start looking at our messages, we start looking at our emails, we are now losing our own agenda and it is being diffused onto other people's agendas. Other people who have reached out to you or put messages out to the world that you are now receiving, their agenda is now taking front of mind over your own personal experience of life itself going on in front of you. And so I really noticed that the conversations were organic and it was like going back in time, which of course is what they're trying to, to, to achieve with Secret Cinema, with dirt, Dirty Dancing, because it was set in 1963. There were no phones, uh, there were no uh, in-hand cameras, there was no electronic devices as such in that manner. So really going fully into the experience is only possible by taking those away, right? And of course it keeps it secret. You're not able to show and share it with everybody. And so your experiences, if you were to go the day after me, your experience would be completely organic, right? Because I've not pushed my agenda. I've not put my photos, my videos onto my social media for you to then look at if you were interested or thinking, oh, what's it going to be like? And then you have no preconceived idea of what it's going to be like. And so you go into it completely organically. Your conversations are organic your experience is organic and it's not disrupted, diffused or disturbed by anything else. And it's rare and it's special. And I think we need to recreate those moments in our lives somehow. I think that's very important for us moving forwards as human beings. Number four, we had a lot of conversation, a lot of chats in the queues. We like to queue up for things, right? It's like a British thing. Everyone says the British know how to queue up for things. Um, Well, when you go to an event or some kind of thing like this, there's going to be queues. Queuing for food, queuing for drinks, queuing for the photo booth thing, queuing for um, certain activities that you can do. 
But what was different about this was because there's no phones, we were having conversations with people in front of us, behind us, um, because it's almost like there's an open invitation, right? We're all in the same experience, we're in the same boat, we're in the same bubble together. I'm not looking at someone else thinking, oh, they look busy, or they look like they're doing something on their phone, or they're on their phone, so I'm gonna get my phone out. There's none of that going on. So there's just people stood looking around, looking and noticing each other, and then looking into each other's eyes, looking into each other's faces, and smiling and having conversation. We were talking to, to people about all sorts of things. And it certainly felt like a different level of energy, a certain level that wouldn't possibly be achieved had we had had that little filler, that little comfort blanket, that little go-to behavior that was to get our phones out and get lost in our own little digital um, uh, ecosystem. But instead, again, being fully immersed in the human experience uh, of that heartbeat next to you, that person, that living person, that interesting human being that could you could learn a lot from and you could really also teach and open uh, channels of, of experience with and share moments with, that was happening. And I know that sounds a little bit extreme maybe and a bit emotional, but that's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's just two people with heartbeats and they're talking about something that they wouldn't be talking about perhaps if there'd have been that comfort and that barrier of a mobile phone in somebody's hand. So talking in cues was something that was really happening and it was, uh, it was really quite refreshing as well. And number five, this is the most important thing. This is the, the biggest takeaway from this experience at Secret Cinema without a phone uh, for, for any of it, um, non-negotiable. And that was that we really were present. Think about it. No distraction. No diffusion of attention. No diffusion of focus. No where to retreat to if you feel a bit shy or you feel a bit low on confidence, low on self-esteem, you had to be there. You had to be there. You had to be present. But not just that. You see so many people get their phones out when they're watching bands, when they're, when they're watching shows, and they're living through the screen rather than living for the moment in itself. They're not really 100% present because if that was the case, then they wouldn't be looking at the screen the people in the events, and I've done it myself, who have the phones up, they're looking at their screen, they're watching the thing that's going on in front of them, but through the screen, because they're recording it, and they want to make sure that they don't get the, the, the picture out of, out, of, uh, out of shot, right? So there is some level of focus and concentration going on the device, on the camera. But as well as that, being unable to take photos or videos just means that you had to trust your, your own mind. You had to trust that you know, and I, I said to my wife a few times, like, we'll remember this. Like, we know this happened. We'll talk about this moment. We don't need to invite other people into this moment by sharing it, by having a photo of it, because we can talk about it. And it feels very protected and very secured and very personal and intimate because so much of our lives, we're very open social uh, people, and we use social media a lot, but so much of our lives are shared. And it wasn't like we did anything out of the ordinary, we shared it with a lot of other people, thousands of other people at the same time, at the same event. But for us, as we go home, we're driving home, we wake up this morning, we, we're thinking about it, talking about it. It's just ours, you know? It's just ours. And that's quite unique. And I think the more we can recreate moments like that in our everyday lives, I think the longer we hold on to the thing that's really special about being human, and that is being present. 
And yes, I know I talk a lot about documenting and a lot about sharing and the future generations being able to watch videos, etc. But never forget how important it is just to be there and experience something without that secondary or primary thought of, I better record this, I better take a photo of this. I think deep down as well, we know it's good for us. We know that not having our phones constantly stuck to us is good for us. I think deep down as human beings, we understand that technology has its uses, but being free from it is good for us. Because everyone that I was sort of hearing and getting a vibe from was like, well, we better take our photo outside before we have to hand our phones in. Well, we know we, we can't use our phones in here. Oh, well, I'd like to take a photo of this, but you know, I can't. But also people were saying, oh, it's such a relief to not have to worry about the like phone going off or notifications or getting distracted. You know, people were really saying these things. People were really sharing the fact that it was nice. And we had been given permission not to be using our phones because it was the rules. But doesn't that show how weak maybe we are? That we know it's good for us, but we aren't strong enough or disciplined enough maybe, or even aware enough to give ourselves those rules. Even as simple as having no phones in bed. Even as simple as having no phones around the dinner table. Even as simple as not using your phone when you exercise. Going for a walk and not taking your phone with you. Going somewhere and saying, you know what, I'm going here, if you need them, ring them. If it's important, ring them, I'll be there. And leaving your phone at home or switching it off. Isn't it amazing how we haven't managed yet, I don't think, as a, as a whole, as a whole unit, really, a majority, to find that it's okay to have these rules in place. Because if we, and you hear it a lot, if you think it, if we think it, that we're doomed because technology is winning and maybe has won, the war against our attention and focus and that our mental health is suffering because of our phones and because of technology, then I'll say this. To change things, we have to become the change. And so it all starts at home. It all starts with you. So perhaps think about what you could do in your own life to free yourself. Moments are important. And if you can find ways to create moments that aren't shared with technology, but are completely 100% organic and that you are able to be 100% present, then you are in effect being more intentional about that. And I think as soon as we become more intentional about our social media behavior, about our, the, the amount of addiction maybe that we have towards these things, then the less led we will be by the addictive tendencies and the things that are luring us in that we are becoming weak to and that maybe are stealing our focus, maybe are stealing our attention, maybe are stealing some of the things that make us beautifully human. So I know this is a little deep, but you know, I really was reflecting on this and I thought it'd be great to record a video about it uh, to share with you, but also maybe to just keep me a little bit accountable to this because if I find that I'm being a bit of a dickhead and I'm back inside this bubble and I'm chained to my phone, then I can say, hey, remember that video you did? Like, stop being a, like, stop contradicting yourself and start figuring out how to make these little moments count. So I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, video. What I will say as a little caveat is, of course, I was at an experience, an amazing experience for six hours when I had no phone. It would be a lot harder to do it in a room on your own, of course. 
because there's plenty going on. I think sometimes when we reach for our phones, our brain is looking for that dopamine hit. And we often think the dopamine hit comes from the social media apps. You know, that's where we get it from. But maybe it's not. Maybe the dopamine hit actually comes from, in the first instance, just getting the phone in your hand in the first place. Oh, get my phone. Ah, there it is. Oh, get my phone. Ah, there it is. Where's my phone? Ah, there it is. And that sensual experience of touching your phone and then seeing the phone unlock, maybe that's the dopamine hit that we need to protect ourselves from in the first instance, rather than dopamine hits that we might get from the little red dots inside the apps. So bear that in mind, because that's something that I'm certainly gonna be thinking about. And it would be a lot harder if you were in a room doing nothing, of course, because at the event, that dopamine hit was coming from, let's go over here next, let's get some food next, let's go get a drink next, let's go and do that thing over there next. And so, ah, we did it, ah, we did it, ah, we got it. And then we got that reward system, which is what that dopamine process is all about. That I want to do that, now I've got it, there's my reward. And that reward can come in a simple, tiny behavior like grabbing your phone, or it can be a simple, uh, sorry, more, more complex reward, like walking across a field to go and get some food, queuing up for that food, and then having that food. That reward system is a lot longer than just reaching for your phone, but it comes in many ways. But if we go through our lives in these reward cycles all the time, you know, we are either trying to find these rewards or we're trying to stay safe, stay alive, stay away from danger. That's, that's it, you know, at its core. As human beings, that's what we're trying to do all of the time. So again, I hope that you've enjoyed this video. I've certainly enjoyed making it. And even if just one person watches this uh, and, and takes something away from it, then I feel like it's been worth it. But if you have taken something away from this video uh, or this podcast episode, then please do let me know. Either leave a comment or come find me on social media at Tommy Gentleman on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and I would love to connect with you. And we can talk about it a little bit more. All right, thank you very much for watching and listening. And I'll see you again next time.